This is Off the Record with Big C and Slim Nick. And welcome to episode five. How are you, yeah, Slimmest Nick? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good, apart from the Palace result the other day, which I couldn't believe. But, you know, <laughs> Southampton 3 1. No. Not good, is it? I was going to start. Not a great week for football. I mean, Spurs lost. No. Uh, no. Shocking. Shocking against Leeds. Uh, we shocking. both had a bit of a high with West Ham losing. That was uh, good. That was good. That was good. And then um, it's all gone downhill again since, hasn't it? Yeah, it's all gone downhill. I'll blame Mourinho for everything. Yeah, the Palace lost twice this week, haven't they? Oh, let's not talk about it. At least Spurs have only played one, so they only lost one game. Anyway, um, enough. That's just going to depress us if we talk about football. Um, We are, yeah, episode five. They're trundling along relatively quickly now. Um, Before we get on to today's theme, which I'm sure you're going to tell us all about in a second, um, I'd just like a quick note on the, uh, as we've mentioned it a few times, and they're still not in South London's finest, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. uh, Inductees were announced today, I think this morning at 8am or around about that time. Me just thinking about it, to be honest, but yeah, go on. Who's on this? Our campaign to get status quo added, inducted into that. It will happen. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. It's going to happen. We might not be around on this earth by the time it has. (laughs) No, we'll get them in there. Go on. Status quo probably. I was status quo probably still would be there. Right. Okay. There are six inductees. So what do you reckon? First one. uh, Foo Fighters. Happy? Well, you know, I can take them or leave them personally. But, but, but at least, but no, but no. Listen, they are they are rock and roll. So you know, I mean, I'm quite happy. You know, fair enough. And talking of rock and roll, how about then the second one, the Go Go's? Don't be joking. I mean, you got. The Go-Go's. The Go-Go's. Well, they're there. They're I mean, it's, funny enough, that's what I call my son, Go-Go. As you know, his name's Inigo. Um, yeah. So he's known as Go-Go, but... Um, Does he whether like the go Whether he'll thank me for being named after some crappy band, I don't know, really, but, you know. Well, I, I, I honestly don't know. I, th- I think Jeff pointed out, I think they're the first... The first all-female band to write their own songs and to have an album at number one in the States or something like that. Does that merit them a position? Possibly so. No, no it doesn't. No. <laughs> there's, no, no. there's no arguing with you, is there, on that one? No, you've, okay. got, you've got to be doing better than that. You know, go on. Um, I think I'll... I'll a Carol King. Carol King. That... Now that's a little bit different. Yeah, great songwriter. Why? Yeah. Why isn't she in it already? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, why, yeah. Why isn't she in it already? I mean, you know, Todd Rundgren. Todd Rundgren. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a massive fan, but he's 
done an amazing amount of albums. He's an amazing guitarist, good producer. Um, yeah, no, he should be in it. He should be in it. He's an all-round smart-ass, basically, isn't he? He's an all-round smart-ass. I mean, he's not that big in this country, but no, he's a big... Yeah, I, I think mean... Of, of the ones that are nominated, I think he definitely merited a place. Oh, definitely, definitely. As, as did, I think, the Foo Fighters, to be honest. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. And Carol King. And Carol King. Um, yeah. Okay. Tina Turner? Tina Turner? Um, yeah, I, I, I could warrant Tina Turner for being in there, yeah. Rock, she's, soul, she's, pop, been around. She's had a, She's had a long career, you know, starting out with Ike, who did a bit of a David Soul on her. But, oh. um, <laughs> um, but allegedly, you know, um, no, I, I, I think she could warrant it. Yeah, well, she's in. And finally, Jay Z. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, what? I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. And I, the best. I, I, I still have this thing, you know. I, I, I do think, you know. I suppose for me, it's the rock and roll hall of fame. It and is. you know, unless you rock and roll, what the, you know, I mean, you shouldn't even what, be. Considered. What the hell are you doing in there? What the hell are you doing? What in the hell are you doing in there? Yeah, yeah. Go and get your own own hall of fame. Yeah, it's not, you know. Well, they're in, or he's in, I should say. So that's your six. Bit of a mixed bag there. But I'm thinking one of the ones that missed out ahead of, say, Jay-Z was Iron Maiden, who who are, you know, I'm I'm not a huge fan. Nor am I. But they should definitely be in. Definitely should be in. I mean, you know. They should have been in in years ago. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't own any of their records, but... You know, um, I think virtually every album they've had out has sold millions over the years in this country anyway, and they are massive. They are an absolute massive stadium sellout and have been for decades. They have. They were massive. You know, so don't I I mean, like, you know. No, get that proper. And Iron Maiden should have been in years ago, you know. That sounds better every time I hear that, that noise. And, Jay-Z and Iron Maiden are a rock band, I mean, at the end of the day, you know. They are. And anyone who's a guitarist has been in your old front room and your mum has made tea and cake <laughs> for them and you've jammed with him not knowing who it is. Not no, the be. biggest, one of the uh, t- terrible embarrassment. Yeah, terrible embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. But enough of Hall of Fame, enough the fact that the quo aren't in it, they've got to be in it, get them in now. We've started our campaign, we're going to carry on with it. We are, we're what, are we going to, what are we talking about today? You tell me. Today is exciting. It's our 10 Desert Island singles. Oh, so it is really like Desert Island Discs, the actual radio show, in more so in a sense, where we've had yes. to pick 10 singles each, and they must have been songs that have been released as singles, that we would take to a desert island with us. Provided, presumably, that you have a turntable and access to some sort of electricity, I guess. That's, yeah, that's I the foregone. I think that's provided. 
That's a foregone conclusion. Okay. Sounds good. I've tried to make my – well, I've tried to make my 10. I had – well, I've got about – I had about 20, which I tried to whittle down to 10, and uh, you'll be – you'll be upset with me that I actually – I think I might have 11 rather than 10. But in good, true spinal tap fashion, you've got to go to 11. If you don't oh, go to I, 11 – I can make it to 11. Oh, good, good, good. good. So do you want my first one or do you want your first one? Who's your you start? go, you go. Let's have it. All right. Okay. Um, well, the Fab Four. I've got to have a Beatles song in, the Fab Four song. Um, yeah. And the one I have chosen is probably anyone that knows me will probably know the song that I'm going to pick. Um, and it's the one that people say is overplayed. Um it's Hey Jude. Absolute anthem for me is Hey Jude. I'm, I'm definitely going to have it played at my funeral. Well, I hope so. I probably won't hear it, but it'll it'll be there. Um, it was it was the, it was a it's such a good singer. It was actually not that this merits having it in the list, but it was the the longest ever number one single at the time. It was. By, it is a long record, isn't it? It's a long by one by one second, I believe. I think Richard Harris's version of MacArthur Park was a second shorter. Uh, oh, really? but there you go. I, I think. What, it, it, listen, what does it clock in at then? What what's the time? Now, on oh, for now you're asking. I would think probably around about fraction fraction over seven minutes, maybe seven oh one, seven oh two. It might be much long. It's quite long for its time. I mean, half of it. Was just the coder at the end, wasn't it? La, da, 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 that one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think everyone knows it's a great, got a great B side as well. Revolution. So you had McCartney's "Hey Jude," and you had Lennon's "Revolution," which obviously he wanted to have as a single, but it was deemed too uh, political. And obviously, "Hey Jude" was the one. Uh, yeah, "Hey yeah. Jude" was the one. I think I'm right in saying their biggest selling single in the states. Uh, yeah. Maybe the longest, maybe the longest running at number one as well. I'm not sure. The, the story behind it is um, uh, it was McCartney's sort of ditty, if you like, to uh, John Lennon's son Julian uh, yeah. At, yeah. at the time of uh, John and Yoko's not John and Yoko, John and uh, his first wife, forgetting the name, Cynthia, their divorce. So Julian's mum and dad were divorcing, and I was in a bad time for him. And he wrote something called "Hey Jules" originally, but yeah. in, tr in true Macca fashion, he thought "Jude" sounds better. So Jude, it was, and uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. Number of what can I say? It's such a great song. Well, I knew you'd have and, a Beatles song in there somewhere. I didn't think it would be that one. Funny enough, I didn't know that to be your ultimate. Beatles. Uh, definitely, definitely my number one. I, I, it was an, another one I could have had, completely different, which is not in my list. Which I mean, would have yeah. would have been would have been "She Loves You" actually, which yeah. was the first the first forty five I ever owned. I must admit, uh, I'm not a big fan of "Hey Jude." A lot of people aren't, but you know, it's so big, so famous, so popular. Everybody likes it, but that <laughs> tends to make people not like it. If you see what I mean. That's, yeah, that's no, the way I see it. It's nothing to do with that with me. It's just, you know, I've only just kind of got into the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Recently. And, All you know, my fault. My, my fault. 
Yeah, I'm more early Beatles, but um, no, you know, I mean, I knew you'd have a Beatles one, and yeah, why not? I why have. not? Right. Okay. Right. Yours. I, I Tell me your first I one. Yeah, I don't know what one to pick first. Um, I I I went through it like you know some of these I actually bought as singles. Um, I don't tend to buy singles. I tend to buy albums. So some of them are like, you know, I would have bought the single, but I bought the album instead. But mm. you know, as it stands today, what would I take in as my top ten singles? Well, my first one, drum roll. Today, I'm Mandy Flyme, ten cc. <laughs> Oof. Marvellous record. Absolute corker of a tune. Corker. Yeah, it's an absolute corker. Um, it come off the album How Dare You. Uh, yes. Eric Stewart singing it. Eric Stewart was my favourite vocalist <clears throat> in 10CC. And as you know, they could all pretty much sing, couldn't they? Um, and they used to change vocalists a bit like the Eagles did. But um, Eric Stewart was always my favourite. Favourite. <laughs> favourite. No, 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 no. It's easy for you to yeah. say. I've been talking all day. My voice is going. Uh, my favourite vocalist. Um, I thought it was an extraordinary tune. You know, it was a bit proggy. It was a bit, you know, it was a ballad. It was a bit, you know, it had a fast bit in the middle, almost like a almost like a flamenco bit on guitar at one point. Massive guitar yeah, yeah. solo. Obviously, it was cut down for the single version. But... I thought the lyrics were great. I thought the lyrics were really, really clever. And it was one of those songs that, because I must admit, I'm not a big, I mean, I, I, I rate 10cc, but I'm not a massive fan. I mean, I didn't like Donna as a single. I didn't like, you know. Rubber Bullets. Yeah. Rubber Bullets, I didn't like too much. Um, but I liked I'm Not In Love, and I liked this one and I liked uh, Wall Street Shuffle there's quite a few tracks I did like of this but yeah that is my first one basically you like the ones Eric Stewart sings basically yeah 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 maybe yeah The Things We Do For Love you like that one as well that was one of each song yeah that was that, that was more poppy but yeah, that was a good it song it was but I'm Mandy Flamey yeah, I agree it's a great a great single and it is it's a great single I, th- I think Godly might have had a bit more input into the sort of because we were Definitely. talking about the I'm Mandy Flyme because it was in the 90, 1976 chart we did last week. And I yeah. said it was it was it was the inspired by the advert by British Caledonian. I I'm um I'm I'm Cindy Flyme, I think it was. And I, it well, wasn't I, British, it wasn't British Caledonian, it was, it was an American airline called National Airlines, apparently. okay. But the principle's the same. I'm I'm yeah. Mandy, I'm Cindy, I'm you know, I'm Beatrice. Yeah, it's I'm, that lovely I, line. She pulls me through the poster and welcomes me a ball. That line just like blows my mind great, every time. I... Great, great, great lyric, great song. It, um, as I say, I did buy the album off the strength of that single. The album's called How Dare You, and the album is a, a phenomenal album, actually. It's a good album. It's yeah, quite I'm a impressed. Few, quite a few deeper cuts on there. Oh, we'd like a deep cut. <laughs> we'd like a deep cut. Right. I'm Mandy Flyme, then tick like that one. Um, we don't need that prop uh, that no. you had earlier for any of these, hopefully. Right. Uh, yeah, okay. No, he might be 21 in my list, so I'd be all right. <laughs> um, okay, uh, in no particular order, as you say, 
I'm going to plump for a record that was an absolute anthem in the summer of love of 1967. Um, and it was the debut single by Procol Harum. And it was A Whiter Shade of Pale. Classic. Right? Number one single from 67. I don't know how long for, but it was, I think, with very little advertising or whatever the word is uh, in the States. I think it made the top five as well. Um, yeah. I, I love it. One of, yeah. one of probably one of the biggest selling singles worldwide, I think, probably like over 10 million worldwide sales one of one of the things about it that's always struck me it's a very unusual record mm. you know it's 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 a bit proggy actually i mean proggy, well, proggy, you know? i was gonna say it's actually probably like an early example of, of prog rock the it, it's like a baroque it was from a bar it was inspired by a bark melody i think wasn't it the keyboard so. yeah, yeah the organ melody um which of course Matthew Fisher played and wasn't credited as a composer. It was Gary Brooker and Keith Reed. Oh, I, knew, I knew there was a bit of argy bargy about argy uh, bargy. He went to court. He won actually, so he's now credited as a co-writer of the song because it does make the song that organ sound. Um, but it, it was it, the, the judge deemed it too late to actually get any royalties for it because he left it too late to complain basically. Um, and it was like, well, from now it was like. 54 years ago when the record came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that organ intro, that organ intro, it's got to be one of the most, well, it's a, it's a very famous intro, isn't it? It sets the scene for the song, you know. I mean, you hear that organ brief. intro coming, you're like, oh, you know, yeah. It, yeah. It's an extra, excellent song. Strange lyrically, but there you go, what can you do? I mean, a lot of people said it's like, it's like Chaucer on speed, some of yeah. the lyrics on there. Yeah. But Keith, Keith Reed, who, the, who wrote the lyrics, um, has said that it was not um, affected. It was inspired by books, not by drugs. So there you go. Yeah. Just one Great other point. Great song. Can I just make another point about that record? Quite a long single as well. Yeah, it's probably coming up for... Four and a half, five minutes, which is fairly long. Particularly for 67. Particularly for 67. It was mm, a reasonably yeah. long record, I say, a bit proggy. The intro was long. Ah, oh, it's a great, I'm a great fan of that record. Yeah. And they're from Essex. Formed in South End on Sea, which is a well, mere can I, can I, I just 30 want to, minutes, half an hour away. Quick story, quick story. I had oh, yeah. some kids. I had some kids who were doing rock school guitar exams at a recording studio in uh, the company hired the recording studio to do the exams in, right? Yeah. So they're in one room, and there's a band next door rehearsing. Now, this mm -hmm. kid breaks a string, and this got like, before his, like, exam. Exam, exam. But anyway, this guitarist puts a string on, Right, Progal Harum are rehearsing in the room next door for a gig later. Yeah, that they're doing at the Cliffs Pavilion that night. So in the South kids End. I teach went in. They let them go in and watch Progal Harum rehearsing. 
Really? Which was pretty cool. They didn't realise they were witnessing. Cool. I mean, these kids are about, you know, 11 or 12. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah. all they knew is it was really loud, you know. But um, I said, you've just met some rock icons, you know. I mean, mm. <laughs> little did they know. But, no. um, did he repair the string? Yeah, he put the string on for the kid, tuned it all up. And, yeah. What, the guy and in the he, band? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and really? He, and he said to him, like, you know. Um, wow. Because they got chatting and he said, oh, we're probably home because the mum got talking and she's going, oh, really? Like, you know. And he said, yeah, yeah, come and have a listen if you like. And they were just doing a quick rehearsal, you know. When was that then? That, that was about, late That was about eight or nine years ago. All right, okay. Because they're still yeah. going, aren't they? Still going. Yeah. yeah. Still going strong. Anyway, enough talk of that. We only had three and we were running out of time already. So let's yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Little backstory there. Okay, my go. Right. Okay, this next band, um, well, one of the first bands I really, really seriously got into. And, um, you know, I, I, I liked the single so much, I went out and bought the album. And um, unfortunately, the song on the album uh, only lasted about uh, 30 seconds and it was an instrumental on it. But I love the album anyway. And then I, I saw they had another album just come out and that had the full track on. Um, the track I'm talking about is Seven Seas Arrive by Queen. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, their second single. But I say one of the funny things was, you know, because I was more of an album buyer. I thought, yeah. right, I saw, I saw the album, which was just called Queen, and I bought it, and I got it home. I thought, well, I'll play the single first. I thought, it looks a bit of a short track. It was just mm. a little instrumental, and it faded yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, at the end of the album. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, what's going on? But I love the album. Absolutely. That goes as, you know, it's still a great album. I, I, uh, absolutely brilliant debut album. Uh, I then bought Queen 2 the next week and it was on there in its entirety. But um, I remember seeing them on Top of the Pops doing it live. Um, really loved Queen in the early days and mm. really, really loved that song. Really, it's weird. Really loved it's that weird. Song. Weird about that because at the time, we're talking 74 again. Well, not again, but we're talking 74 um, when the single came out, certainly. Yeah. It could have been could have been late seventy three when it was released. I'm not sure. But it was um, on the first album. Yeah, seventy four on the single. Okay, and it was their first hit. It might not have been their first single. What was the first was one? Keep yourself alive. Keep yourself alive, which flopped. Yeah, but that it's flopped. Seven Seas Raya. Yeah, it did. At the time, I did not like it. I did not like Queen. This was not a good start for the band for me. Seven Seas Raya. <laughs> for some reason, I don't mind it now. But, yeah. but back then, I just I just didn't get into it. Like they were like, supposed to be the next big thing. Uh, I, I just didn't get it. Yeah. The Seven Seas Arrive. Yeah. However, perversely, their next single I thought was the greatest thing since sliced bread. It, it's not in my it's in my twenty, but not going to be in my top ten or eleven. Yeah, uh, which was which was Killer Queen. And Killer that Queen. I really I loved Killer Queen. That was that was so album. it was so um uh indicative, if you like, of what Queen were about at that point, I think. Just like the it's a, the campness about it, the the 
the harmonies, the the, the Brian May solos. I mean, it, it and it was such a great catchy song as Devin's well. Um, was really heavier. Oh yeah, definitely it was heavier than Killer Queen. But I saw him on top of the pops. I saw him on top of the pops do that, and it blew my head in. You know, it just blew my head in. That made me buy it. That made me buy the album quick. I was like, shit, I've got to buy that record. That is just, you know, yeah. It was just just weird how how one single I can really not like, and the next one I think is great. Killer Queen was very different, wasn't it? Killer Queen was very different to Seven Seas Alive. It was, but then... because you like that one so much, you like the next one maybe. You, you, yeah. you maybe then you go back and listen to the earlier ones. That's the way it worked for me anyway. I like right. Queen. I like to kill a queen as well. But good. I'm pleased you say that. Good song. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, my my third one. We're trying to get through this a bit quicker. Then um, band. Uh, one of my top bands, I would say, American band, uh, country country rock band. Give you a bit of a clue there, is it? Uh, from from the West Coast. I'm feeling it. I think I know who it is. It, it, you know, it does begin with E. Um, and it's, it's not the Everly Brothers or anything. No, it's the, not the anything. It's Eagles. Right. Um, Eagles, one of the bands I got into around 74, again, probably. Subsequently, I've gone back and listened to like a debut album and the Desperado album, which was absolutely superb. 74 um, on the Border album. I, I, a mate of mine from school went to the States. I, I, I'm not quite sure what that was all about. And maybe his parents had separated and his dad was in the States and she was out here. But he went over and I said, oh, while you're over there, can you get me um, Can you get me a few singles? One, a couple of singles. One was uh, Rockin' All Over the World by John Fogarty. Uh, and the other was was already gone by the Eagles, which is actually on the On the Border album. So that's what really got me into them. How, I love that line pop- in Already Gone and you have to eat your lunch all by yourself. I have to that. eat your lunch all by yourself. That's a great <laughs> line and a great, great rocky song. But the following year, that's my song is not that one. It's a great song. My song, just to throw you, uh, was the second single released from one of these nights uh, and it was Lion Eyes. It's a great record. Absolute classic. Um, it's a great story to it. You know, the um, it, it was a, it's a Glenn Fry and uh, Don Henley composition. Although Henley's, I think, admitted it was mainly Fry. Um, yeah. The title, the title they got from, uh, I suppose it was based on um, women. That well, actually, I think it was a they were in a bar somewhere. Allegedly, or not allegedly, reportedly by Don Henley, and they saw this uh, woman, beautiful woman, who was with a fat, much older, much wealthier guy. And yeah. Glenn Fry, Glenn Fry's comment, as Don Henley was, as they said, was, "Yeah, look at her; she can't even hide those lying eyes." Yeah, that's what they got the song from. And I think Glenn Fry then did most of the. Did most of the song. It's, but it's a great, again, quite a long song. But lyrically, it's a, it's a great story. It is a long I mean, it's a long song. I, yeah, guess it's got every, a lot of I guess every form of refuge has its price. Mm, yeah, she's life. sad. She, she ends up moving away, you know, meeting up with this guy, didn't she, from school? Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, Lion Eyes, 
great, not even a top 20 hit over here, bizarrely. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, I... No, no, it wasn't. It, it's just, it's big hitting states, probably number two. Number, I don't think it was number one, but it was a, because one of these nights maybe it was one, but one, Lion Eyes was a big yeah. hit, but not, not a number one, but it should have been. It's an absolute classic. The single was yeah. truncated. They missed the, I think it's the second verse. There are three verses in all, weren't there? I think yeah, uh, they, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe maybe they truncated it. Verses, isn't it about five or six verses? That's fine. I don't know whether there are five or six, but, oh. but whatever. The single was cut by about a good minute and a half, if if not more than that. Um, well, that's so for you. they butcher everything, don't they? Yeah, I remember having the single on on uh, Sire Sire Records. Asylum. Asylum, that's it. It's a white, it was a white sleeve on the 45, yeah. Blue, blue clouds. On the album, they were blue, the clouds, but the singles were white, I think, weren't they? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Because right. you're not a singles buy, you don't know these things, but no, I thought oh. that was the case. Okay, Lion Eyes, Hey Jude, White Shadow Pale for me. What's your third one? Okay, um, is this my third one? Yeah, it should be. I've done three, so you've I've done uh, you've done seven seasons of right, and you've done. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Okay, okay, right. This third one, yeah. I can't mean, remember the first one. This goes back to um, nineteen seventy three, um, and I did actually buy this as a, as a single, uh, and uh, still got it. And I suppose it just. They were a band, they were just so kind of like rebellious at the time and the opening riff was just like, oh, it just makes you want to tear the walls down. School's out, Alice Cooper. School's out, yeah. Big big hit in 72. Big hit, 72, 73, I think. 73, wasn't it? Um, No, it was 72. It was definitely 72, like summer. Yeah, you're right, 72. And of course, the schools were just coming out. I think, I think they it was out a bit earlier in the states. Yeah, over here maybe but in the states. I think yeah. it was out a bit earlier, maybe That's April, fine. May time. But then again, maybe the schools are out in April and May in the states. I don't really know. I've just seen a couple of messages come through. Um, uh, we got um, Cindy saying "Killer Queen" was one of the first singles of Queen that she bought. Obviously, good oh. taste there. Um, oh. Rita has also said. Killer Queen is the best. Uh, Style, our good old friend DJ Style, says, uh, get down, make love is better than any other Queen shit. So I think they... Into the World album. That's a good track. There you go. Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. Rocky. It's quite weird, get down, make love, actually. It's quite a kind of weird track that but that's a good um yeah but so, yeah no schools out i thought was brilliant yeah. and the beat side was gutter cap i could still What's remember it? the beat side gutter cap yeah gutter cat was the beat gutter side. Cat. okay Ooh. don't know that yeah. one don't know that and, one um, oh didn't know I mean, that, that, the, the, album, the album it was from was a very good album as well very good album okay and so really that, that was the cooper band at the at the peak of their you know, Cooperness. Yeah, yeah. It was the original Cooper band. You know, but yeah, great, great single. Okay, six down. Few to go. Um, all right, this next one of mine. Um, 
probably one that America listeners won't know of. Um, but for me, uh, if you go back to 1973 and the glam rock era, uh, and one of my heroes, this is so uh, indicative of that style of music. Um, one of my heroes was Roy Wood. He had a number of bands. He had a number of bands. He had The Move, of course, in the 60s with all the yep. great hits. Uh, he did, And then he teamed up with Jeff Lynne, who carried on with The Move a little while. Then Lynne and Wood separated, formed the Electric Light Orchestra for one album. The two of them clashed a little bit too much, two geniuses together, I think. Uh, so Wood went off and formed his own band called Wizard, which is what my song is, uh, which is who my song's by. Their second single, their first number one, it was called See My Baby Jive. And I mean, with him dressed up as a wizard with two Zs, of course, two Zs. Um, only one K in record, but two Zs in wizard. Um, dressed up in all the... the, the I remember the, the it, I remember it. The makeup the, and the hair. The makeup Sizes. and the hair, the multicolored hair, long hair. I know it's not... I know Kiss had makeup and we don't want to mention them. But this wasn't scary makeup. This was fun makeup, wasn't it? The thing with Wizard and with Roy Wood, anything he did, certainly in the 70s, there was so much going on. I mean, he produced everything. He virtually played everything he did on his solo albums. A lot of instrumentation on his records, wasn't there? Oh, a lot of unbelievable. It's a lot going on. You listen to them, you'll hear, oh, no. you might hear bagpipes, you might hear horns and different yeah. percussion sounds and saxophones and whatever there was wizard actually just one thing about wizard there was no one really like them was that they were very individual band they were they were as the they were they were were, they were, they were uh, quite quite bluesy proggy almost at the start elo uh mm. jeff lynn took them in a, in another direction to a bit more rocky and uh or poppy rather rather than rocky pop rock yeah. but you know look where he is he's still around today producing records Roy Wood wanted to do his own thing after Wizard they weren't around for too long Wizard they were more of a singles band they had some great hit singles I mean Ballpark Incident was a great top 10 single that's my favourite one that's my favourite one Ballpark Incident that's their first one then See My Baby Drive then Angel Fingers both of them got to number one then the end of 73, I wish it could be Christmas every day, which, of course, everyone hears at Christmas. They certainly do in this yeah. country. They're walking through Marks and Spencers or any shopping malls. Uh, yeah. They'll hear, I wish, I wish, along with Slade, Jonah Louie, uh, wonderful Christmas time, Paul McCartney, they'll hear Wizard, I wish it could be Christmas every day with the, the kids. Yeah. It was recorded, I think, in the hot summer not in, in August. And they released, they recorded it, not knowing that Slade were about to release a Christmas song that year as well. So they got really shafted at the end of the year. Slade went number one. Wizard, Wizard got stuck about three or four, I I'm think. I'm sure but it's done Roy Wood's pension quite reasonably, though. I'm sure, sure it's... it is. Like, like Noddy Holders with Merry Christmas to everybody as well, I Definitely. guess. Definitely. Right. It's done him, you know, done him well. Okay. Your turn. Okay. Um, next one. Uh, can't remember what year this was, actually, but this was early early 70s always been a favourite record of mine you know you get records from the first time you hear them you just think you know uh, long very enduring artist it's a Rod Stewart track um, 
early Rod Stewart, you could probably guess what it is. It's going to be one or two. And I had one, one of those in my 20, which I didn't make it into my 10 or 11. And the one I'm talking about, so I'm sort of thinking you might as well. It's not Maggie May, but no. you wear it well. It is indeed. You wear it well. An absolutely great record, great lyrics. And that period, for me anyway, was Rod Stewart's finest. I mean, some of those records, the solo records that he did around that time. And of course, you know, preceding that, you had the small faces and the faces stuff, you know, of course, which was what a great time for him, you know? Yes. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's a great song and quite a long record again. uh, Yeah, it was quite long. But it was a good, good song, wasn't it? And, and, you know, there's one line in it. There's one line in it, and he says, I love the way he says it. He says it almost as if it's kind of like that he kind of just didn't write it and just says it at the end in a very flippant way. After all these years, and it's the same address. And I think that's so poignant, the way he says that at the end of the song. After all these years, same address. Beautiful record. Which was the one? Was it Maggie May that had him calling... He said something about call and collect. Was that in Maggie May? That's Maggie May. Yeah, because I couldn't. I think, what the hell does that mean? You know, because it's not something we have over here, is it? No, no it's no. Like, we re- reverse the charges over here. Don't we? It's called collect business. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. do. Um, I mean, okay, Maggie May's a great record as well. But for oh, me, well, both, both, both of them were written. They're very similar sounding structurally. They I are think. very similar. But what one would uh, you have picked? Well, obviously you weren't paying attention because I said you wear it well. Not Maggie May. I love Maggie May too. They were both written, Rod Stewart and um, somebody, Quittenden. Quittenden, I think. Both of them were written by the same. But yeah, I agree. Rod Stewart, that era. He's the corker. And then the 80s happened. Um, So that's enough of Rod. Don't, Don't talk about it. No. Right, okay, on to my next one. Uh, Back to the 60s again. We're talking about songs when singles mattered. The the, the peak period of the singles, uh, 60s, 70s, um, long-lasting. Ray Davis, great songwriter, love a lot of his his songs. Um, And the one I have chosen is Waterloo Sunset. Um, didn't wasn't a number one. He had two or three, or the Kinks did at least. Sorry, uh, had two or th- maybe one or two number ones before. Uh, you really got me tired of waiting for you. I think maybe um, sunny afternoon. I think came out afterwards. But Waterloo Sunset, mm. great song. I was reading a little bit about it the other the, the other day because I knew that it was going to be one of my songs. Rumoured at the time to be uh, inspired, to have been inspired by a romance between two actors. Well, well, they're called actors now. We used to call them actors and actresses. Yeah. Uh, Terence Stamp and Judy oh, Terrence Christie. Terence Stamp and Terrence Judy Christie, which yeah. is where the Terry and Julie come in. Um, right. We both appeared, both appeared in Far From The Madding Crowd, I believe. Yeah, um, Ray Davis has denied it though. Uh, he claims, um, but they all say that, don't they? Uh, like Lucian Scarlet Diamonds, no, it's not about LSD. Um, 
Although I happen to believe it's actually about a girl called Lucy in the sky and there's lots of diamonds. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, uh, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't agree that that's where it was from. Originally, he said it was called, he was going to be calling it Liverpool Sunset because he was a great fan of Mersey Beat. Yeah, no. Um, no people, Liverpool have had too much fame. Waterloo Sunset, it couldn't have been anything else. It's a great. I mean, they talk about lots of places in in London, which uh, yeah. obviously would have had to have changed if it was Liverpool, anyway. So, uh, but yeah, Waterloo yeah. Sunset, the Kinks. There you go, from '67. Can I just give you a little story there? Um, I was teaching this guy about four or five years ago, who, funny enough, I won't get too long winded, but his brother produced the Queen film, and he is a bit of a film producer himself. He was a very uh, well-off kind of guy, I think. Anyway, we were chatting, and it turns out, because he knew he grew up around Earl's Courtway, I said, oh, my son lives in Earl's Court. He said, what school's he go to? I told him. He said, I know the caretaker there, right? He said, say hello to him for me. And his brother, the caretaker's brother, is Terence Stamp. Really? <laughs> yeah. We do come round... We did come round to this. It's just as you as you mentioned Terry Stamp, I thought, bloody hell, there I, you go. I met yeah, it's kinda of weird, you know, kind of weird. No, yeah. Okay. Right. Tell me your next one. What you got? Right. Okay. Um I've got a few here. I don't know what order to go in. You know, it's kind of, mm, do I say this one next? Do I go this one? But okay, now this one is not going to register in the consciousness probably of any American. Um, but the artist concerned, I've seen them live probably 10 or 11 times over the years. And I last saw her with my daughter in Bury St. Edmunds. Um, but I've seen her at the Hammersmith. I've seen her at, you know. And she had a few singles out, but only one was a hit. Um, but, you know, she'd become more of an album-type artist. Right. But I'm gonna tell you. I recommend it. Judy Zook, Stay With Me Till Dawn, off the album mm -hmm. Welcome to the Cruise. Okay. Yeah, it was. I think it was her only hit, actually. Stay with me till it dawn. Was her only hit, yeah, yeah. Quite a, mood, album, a moody yeah, song, was it? Yeah, a moody was song. Sorry, quite a moody song. Would you say? Quite. Um, yeah, it was a very slow a, ballad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's something about it, and there's something like about Judy her Big fan. And she's got a very, if I can say something, she's, I mean, she's getting on now. She's now in a, I think she's still, almost yeah. 70. She's almost 70 all, and still got a massively loyal following, you know. We all get on. We all we all get old, you know. Yeah, but she's still selling out venues, Cole. She still tours. Really? Yeah, still tours. Um, okay, can I get on to my next one? We're through on um, again, from the 60s, often considered, I think, um, by many people as one of the greatest, one of the greatest pop records of all time, I would say, um, by the Beach Boys. Mm, and it's, the, album, and it, the album Pet Sounds? It is off the Pet Sounds, but it isn't maybe the one you're talking about. I don't know. Maybe it is. 
This one I'm thinking of is God Only Knows. Oh, good song. It's a great song. One of one of Wilson, one of Wilson's greatest. Um, originally, I think it was actually in America. It was the B side because of the word God, and you couldn't mention the word God for goodness' sake or for God's yeah. sake. Um, and it was the B side, so wouldn't it be nice? But in in in, in the UK, and I think most of the rest of the world, God only knows was the A side of the single. Uh, I think I think it made number two here. Carl Wilson's vocal, superb. Um, yeah, very, good. very good record. As, I think it's one of those that he said he wrote as an attempt to um, match the standard, the high standard of the, the Beatles' Rubber Soul album from the previous December. You know, they were using each other's well, albums to... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's a great song, great melody. Um, yeah. What else can I? What else can I say? It's one of my favourite songs. God only knows, Bee Gees. Bee Gees, Beach Boys. Bee Gees. No. Be, the, the Bee Gees cover wasn't so good. The Beach Boys. Yeah, the Beach Boys. Yeah. The Beach okay. Boys. Tell me what you got for your next one. Okay, this is something a bit different. Oh, because uh, this is quite this is quite later. I think <clears throat> um, I don't know whether this is nineties or two thousand something. I can't remember. Um, I first heard this record when I had some lodgers in the house. One of my lodgers used to play this. I used to keep hearing it, and um, I thought, "Oh man, that is such a great song!" And um, it's the title track off, off their album, off one of their albums, but it was released as the B-side to a single. So it was on the B-side of a single. Mm-hmm. Um, the single, it was on the B-side. I've wrote it down. I can't remember now. Hang on. Uh, yeah, the single, so the single was called This Picture, but the B-side was a track called Sleeping With Ghosts, and it's by Placebo. Mm. And I think it is an absolutely, it's one of the, you know, if I was going to a desert island now and I had to have 10 tunes, I'd have to have that song. It's, um. And I can say, I'm not sure that I've ever heard it before. It's very, very different, but it's a great song and it was a good album, by the way. Good album. I'd have to, I'd have to dig that one out. relatively recent-ish for old timers like us. Yes. Yeah. Very contemporary. Sleeping with ghosts. Good grief. Okay, yeah, I'll dig that one out. Check that out. I, I wasn't expecting any songs that I know, so trust you to come up with oh. one. Um, okay, the next one. Uh, rapidly moving on. Again, what I think an absolute classic pop song. Uh, it was written by John Stewart. Um, I think he wrote another one of their hits as well, actually. Uh, he wrote this one just before he left the Kingston Trio. I don't know whether you know them. Um, yeah. It was, I think I said it's a classic pop song. It was by the Monkees. And it was called Daydream Believer. Daydream Believer. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, um, it's just like the whole, the whole song is just so good 
it's one of those, and it's Sleepy Jean, and my mum's called Jean as well. And I sort of always think of her when I hear the song. Um, but like that, that intro, you know, when he's, you know, what number is this chap? Seven A. All right. <laughs> don't get it. Don't get excited, I don't know. And then it comes in with David Jones um, with his vocal at the start, the intro. I could hide neath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. Um, and then the brass comes in and then straight in with a cheer, you know, cheer up Sleepy Jean. It's one of those yeah. that it, if, if songs can make the hairs on the back of your neck stick up, that's, another, that's one for me. Anyway, The Monkey's Daydream Believer. Yeah, good song. Good song. Very poppy. Poppy, but poppy. I love it. Yeah, yeah, good song. Good song. Okay, okay so this one is also from this century. Um, I think this is from 2011. Good grief. Uh, yeah. I and, thought they stopped uh, making music in 2000. I had to think about, I'm sure this was a single. If I'm wrong, you know, I mean, there's a video made for it, so I think it was a single. Um, and it features I mean it features two artists who I really rate but one in particular and that person wrote it and um, it snowed in at Wheeler Street Kate Bush with Elton John with Elton John a haunting incredibly amazing record off the album 50 Words for Snow. Mm. I'd say to anyone listening, if you haven't heard it, and I also one thing I'd like to say, well, listen to it, but Elton John's vocal performance on it is absolutely outstanding. A- absolutely outstanding. Kate Bush produced it and sorted it, you know, yeah. it. And it's very unusual. It's a very un- but Kate Bush's records are unusual anyway. But it's very unusual. Mm. But it's a very good record, a very good record. And Elton was. Uh, I read an interview well, with Elton. He said he was absolutely over the moon to have. He actually wrote it with him in mind and thought, God, if he don't want to do it, what am I going to do then? Yeah. Elton John said to sing that was an absolute privilege, and it's a great song. People are going to go and listen to it. Snowed in at yes. Wheeler Street. Snowed in at Wheeler Street. Okay, Kate Bush. Uh, all right. Uh, next one. Moving forward very slightly from the 60s to the early 70s. Um, from originally from the first, first of three, not his first, but the first of, I think, his three classic quality albums in the early 70s and the albums going backwards in time were Aladdin Sane, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars, don't forget them and the the album that this comes from is Hunky Dory which came out in 71 Um, record label released it as a single in 73 Uh, and I'm glad they did didn't get anywhere in the States so I don't know whether it was released in the States but uh, it was it was called Life on Mars. Great song. And uh, definitely my favourite Bowie song. Uh, song. The P- Rick Wakeman on piano. You've got to have a yes, yes link indeed. for you. Yes, indeed. Uh, very yeah. prominent piano part in it. 
He's a session yeah. musician, of course, in those days. He did a lot of work for all sorts of people. Yeah. He, he played played piano on uh, the uh, Morning Has Broken by Cat Stevens. That's right. uh, he played played piano on T-Rex's Get It On as well. Yeah. Or, or, bang, or Bang A Gong, as it was called in America, because there was another song called Get It On, released at the same time in America, I believe. Um, yeah. And, and Mick Ronson, did the, he, he apparently created the uh, the string the string parts to the song. Um, what can I say? Again, I did look up I look up Life on Mars to see, and there was a bit of a story. That apparently, David Bowie's was said that he was asked to do a sort of an English version of with English lyrics to uh, My Way, the Frank Sinatra song. Yeah. And he did. He did. He made a complete balls up of it. Basically, as you see, he said him. He said himself, and it was just distant, poo pooed, rubbish, man. Yeah. It's rubbish. Poo-poo. Paul Paul Anker Paul Anker bought the rights to the French version of the song and came up with "My Way." Uh, and he said Bowie apparently that it is. Ended up Life on Mars written as sort of a parody of, of Sinatra recording. I, I don't quite know how that can be, but what can Wikipedia be wrong about? If you look at it, but it's a great song. Top top three, I, I think, in in England or in Britain. It is uh, a great song. Great song. So there you go. I had to, had to have that one in there. Okay. Uh, I've still got another couple to go, so you better out with yours. One of the best tracks on uh, Hunky Dory, which I agree them. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. So I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking how many we've got. Well, okay. So yeah, this one is, I suppose, it's a pop record, you know. But as a kid, I loved them, and out of all the singles that he had out. I mean, I don't think he was as big in the States, but here he was massive. I'm talking bowling, T-Rex. Yeah. And it's the lyric. I mean, I like it because it's funky, you know, it's kind of funky and bowling could get a bit funky. And the great lyric, automatic shoes, automatic shoes, give me 3D vision and the California blues. Telegram Sam. Telegram Sam. Yeah. I thought when you saw it, Bowling Bow, Bow T Rex, you're going to come up with 20th Century Boy. But, Cadillac yeah, and Cadillac. Baby Strange on the B side. Cadillac and Baby Strange on the because you've got two tracks on the B side, you know. And I remember yeah, 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 as a kid, and I've still got that single. Yeah, great record, great record. And I still, He's, I still like it now. Do you know what I mean? I still like it now. Well, yeah, as, as I do all of all of these, I definitely like all of these now. I like I like Telegram Sam as well. So. Bowling was a funny one. He, he, he wrote sort of crap lyrics that actually were quite good. <laughs> yeah, he kind of got away with it. Like, he did. No, she ain't no witch. I love the way she twitched. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, good record. From 72, I believe, again. 72, yeah, 72, yeah. UK number one. Was indeed. Same year as School's Out was number one. Yeah. And you wear it well. So that's three good number ones we had in this country. Um, yeah, that's right. You're at Rose number one then as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going a bit. I'm going a bit middle of the roadie again here. One of my favourite female singers of all time, uh, and one of my favourite songs by them. Uh, maybe one of the first 
power balance, perhaps. I don't know when they started coming in, but 72 again. Uh, and it's Carpenters. the Carpenters, and it's Goodbye to Love. I mean, yeah, what a voice. What a voice. The depth of her voice is superb. Um, the, the, and that fuzz guitar solo, um, oh, that's probably it's one a, of the it's, first. It's a beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. It is a great song. And the, the first hit single that was actually written by Carpenter, Richard Carpenter at least, and uh, John Bettis, um, and a great song. Tony Peluso was the guy that played the fuzz guitars, no interest. Uh, yeah. It's not a, not a name that jumps out at me, but there you go. Goodbye to Love the Carpenters. Yeah, Superb. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. Okay, what you got left? Okay, where are we? Right. Um, oh, sorry, I, got, I can't read my own writing. Right. Right, okay. You know, I'm not a reggae fan. I do. Apart from I like Black Uhuru quite a bit. But I'm not a Bob Marley fan, as I know you are. But this track is reggae. And for me, it was the band in question. It was one of their best singles uh, in terms of singles. And I still love the track now. I loved it the first time I heard it. Sadly, it, I mean, maybe in the States, everything gets played on the radio more than here. We're a bit more restricted. But now this band still get played on the radio in this country, but they don't seem to pick this song, which was a big single for them. It's Steely Dan, Haitian Divorce. Oh yeah, that's, that's my that's my favourite Steely Dan song. It's a I good song. To get it, try to get it played on a, a radio station in the states, but they they don't have it. Um, maybe CBW Radio, maybe CBW Radio album, have got it. Off the album, the Royal Scam. Yeah, Haitian Divorce is a great song. I think yeah. their hot, their biggest UK hit, although it was only maybe low twenties, but their yeah, biggest UK hit. Yeah, but it was a great song. And the B-side was Signing Stranger off the album as well, which was a good track. The whole album, actually, the Royal Scam is just every track's a killer. You do like yeah. you do you do like a B-side, don't you? You do like a B-side. But yeah. they used to make B-sides that were worth listening to, though, didn't they? Well, the Beatles yeah. started all that, you know. The Beatles started that all that. That's another first. Nowadays, yeah, no, it's all I, like... I remember often I'd always play the B-side. I couldn't believe yeah. it when I, you know, come across people that didn't even know what was on the B-side. I'd always check the B-side out. Yeah, the B-sides. Some yeah. of them are good. Some, some of the Mungo Jerry singles in the early 70s, they were called Maxi singles, played at 33 and a third RPM. And they had yeah. two or three singles, two, two or three songs on. In the summertime, I had a couple of on the, on the B-side. Um, but nowadays, it's like instrumental versions of the A-side or dub versions of the A-side or whatever. Joke, isn't it? Yeah. It's a joke. It's a joke. Right. Uh, I've got uh, I've got one more, if I don't add my 11th on, in two spinal tap fashion. Uh, and you, You're not a fan of reggae. You're also not a fan of punk. Um, no. You're not. You're, you're, you're not... As I said to you before, and I know I've said this to you before, it's the musical snob in you. That's what it is. Uh, it's, the pro- it's the prog in you. Um, and you, 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 like, you like stuff that is well played and great lyrics rather than, yeah, I mean, I'm 
not so much well, no, not always, not always more, but, you know. I know I'm I'm generalizing I know I like I'm a good lyric I like a good lyric too but only, only if it's got a good melody otherwise you might well be Leonard Cohen or or, or just reading poetry um yeah, yeah. right my last my last song the last tenth one at least uh is uh, sort of punk new wave uh, they were, uh, it was an absolute stop, probably two and a half minutes of the greatest pop rock record you're ever going to hear. Go and listen to it. It's by The Undertones. All right. And it, they're from Northern Ireland. Um, and, and it's called Teenage Kicks. I mean, what an absolute storming song. It came out on independent record label, Good, Good Vibrations record label. In John Peel's favourite record, wasn't it? John Peel's favourite record. One, I think it was. He he banged on about it all the time. And John Peel played had it played at his funeral, I think, Teenage Kicks as well. Uh, oh, such a great song. Um, I want to hold her, want to hold her tight, get Teenage Kicks right through the night. I mean, what a song that is. You, you've got to go and you've got to listen to it. Yeah, I know, you probably know it. Well, you know it. You know it. It's a, it's about two and a half minutes. It's it's a bit new wave punky, I suppose, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but it's no, got it's, a great. It's not, yeah, it's a catchy song. It's a very catchy song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Barely made the top forty over here, but then a lot of the new wavey stuff didn't didn't make real yeah, inroads. I remember in the it was. Chart. I'm sure it was one of John Peel's favorite records, if not his favorite, most favorite record ever. I'm sure it was. Yeah. It, I think it was up there as one of his favourites. He had a few, but that was one of them. Oh, that's yeah. my 10 at least. Okay, what you got for your last one? Uh, last one then. Um, yeah, bought this as a kid. Still like it now. Still think it's a great track. Tumbling Dice Stones. From, was that Exile on Main Street that was on? Was that on? Exile on Main Street, yeah. Off Exile on Main Street. Yeah. Double album. That was the single. Yeah, I couldn't afford the double album at the time, and didn't know whether I liked any other tracks on it, so I bought the single. But yeah, I did. I do own the album now, of course. But yeah, but no, good single. Blind I like dice. the female backing vocals on it. You know, who um, was that? Do we know? Do we know who that was? Jagger Richards. No, I mean oh, the, the female, female vocal. I I think it was just session. All oh, right, okay, not Bianca Jagger or anything oh, like that. No, I don't think it was anyone that, you know, I might be wrong, but I don't think it was anyone that, you know, notable particularly. Good but song. Yeah. But no, good song. Good song. And again, 1972. Um, Linda Ronstadt did a good version as well. Well, she did a good version of most songs, whether it be yeah. It's So, it's so that, Easy, Tumbling dice, yeah. dice. Yeah, It's So Easy, When Will I Be Loved, That'll Be The Day, uh, Just One Look. Oh, yeah. back in the USA. I mean, she she could she could bang out a rock and roll tune, definitely. Okay, well that's that's my ten. I feel embarrassed. My in my ten, I haven't got anything by South London's finest, which is why I added on an eleven, just to get it up to the Spinal Tap amount. Um, I've got an eleven so as well. It, it would it would either be uh, Caroline, their first top five hit in 73 from the first album rock album that me yeah. well my brother and i bought status quo filed under progressive rock in tune osborne in in epping high street yeah um 
but yeah, uh, that was it. We heard roll over, lay down. You should put your headphones on and listen to the to the for the to listen to the disc, the album that you bought. Played roll over, lay down, and then it came on with Claudie. And I knew, which was more countryfied, but I knew Caroline Open Side Two, the single, great song. And the other one was Paper Plane, which was the single from the first heavier album, which was Pile Driver in late '72, early '73. Paper Plane, I'm again top top 10 single I, I, Caroline's always been my favourite but Paper Plane sort of overtook it for a while but I think overall Desert Island it would probably have to be Caroline it's always my in the encore 11. my yep. number 11 is also Paper Plane I love, I love that track and Rain would you like would you like to write my Paper Plane and Rain and Rain as well you've got 12 hang on about <laughs> not, but no, I've, I've got on. I'll tell you what. I, I'm going to quickly run through some honorary mentions. Honky Tonk Women. I've got by the Stones. Uh, I've got to got to have uh, God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols, which you probably hate. Um, He's Mister Know It All by Stevie Wonder. That's my favourite Wonder song. Uh, Billy Joel's Piano Man, another absolutely stupendous song. Uh, Elton John is going to be your song for me. His first hit. Uh, Lennon Imagine I had you wrote it well as I think I said earlier Rod Stewart Killer Queen by yeah. Queen as I said earlier and the other one I've got in there it's a bit rarer but probably one of the saddest songs of all time I think when you listen to the lyrics Fleetwood Mac and Peter Green um, with Man of the World that she made number I'm two no? yeah. Yeah, some, yeah sometimes I wish I'd never been born you know I mean, it's a great song. And you've met Peter Green. You've met Peter Green as well. Is that Was that the guy on the bus, the top deck of a bus? So he sat on a bus next to me in southwest London. Yeah. And um, he sat up the front and he got off and shuffled about on the pavement a bit. And, yeah, he looked a bit kind of lost and, you know, he lived, he lived over in – he was living over in Richmond at the time. Yep. But – um. Yeah, I, I actually, as you mentioned, a couple, I will mention a couple extra. Go on then. If you're quick, if you're quick. <laughs> Stevie Wonder living for the city. Yeah, oh, yeah, good song. Particularly full version. And, 70s, um, peak, peak Stevie Wonder's 70s. Yeah, I could go on and on, but it's too late, Carol King. Always. It's too late, from Tapestry. Yeah, great record. Reece- Recent Hall of uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. How's that for full circle? Um, That's right. I, so, I did have a couple of messages sent to me, apart from the ones on there. I know Graham has sent a number of singles. Uh, a couple I've already mentioned, Waterloo Sunset, Life on Mars. Are you yeah. with Anakin, Anakin UK, not God Save the Queen. It's <laughs> um, um, top Beatles song. Single and he's he could be right in terms of A and B side together, Strawberry Fields Forever, Strawberry Fields Forever, sorry, and Penny Lane as a as a double A solid single, absolute gem. Although actually I like Day Tripper and we can work it out as a Mine double A song as well. Mine would be help if I can have always one on. Help. Not yeah. a bad song. Not a bad song, I must admit. Ghost Town by the Specials. I Scar uh, from Coventry, weren't they? Uh, Dylan's like a Rolling Stone. <gasps> Dylan, yeah, you love Dylan, don't you? Uh, <laughs> he went jumping Jack Flash. 
yeah. good vibra- good vibrations. I mean, these are all great songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cockney Rebel, Steve Harley and Cockney Rebel, come up and see me. Um, love, love Cockney Rebel. Come up Rebel, and see man. me. Make me smile. Make me smile. Good song. Uh, yeah. A great, a great pop record, early sixties as well by the Ronettes. Be my baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolute yeah. classic. Um, I've got to mention Clive. Clive did ask me. You've got to have this song in again. It's from the punky new wave era. Uh, cool. It's do anything, do anything you want to do by Eddie and the Hot Rods. Yeah, Eddie and the Hot Rods. Technically, of course, it was the only single by the Rods. I it don't was by the Rods. I don't consider them punk though, Eddie and the Hot Rods. They were around that time. They were new wave because they didn't have safety pins and they weren't pogoing around and. Or yeah. whatever you maybe that's the way you looked at it. Yeah. New wife. New wife. New wife. Well, it's uh, been good. It has been good. Oh, one more, one more. Cindy gave us three songs. Strange Magic, ELO. Good song. That was the first 45 that she owned. Strange Magic, uh, yeah. And a couple of other songs as well. The Seekers. We mentioned the Seekers the other day. Georgie yeah. Girl. And uh, the Beatles in my life. Yeah. Uh, another, another great, great Lennon song. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. the seekers. I remember that. Enough, enough. Is it? Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's been great. Uh, I've enjoyed it. And so have I. We should make an album of all these ten songs. Actually, yeah, the best of the best of Slim and uh, Big Caesar. Uh, get it out on, on K-Tel. K Tel. On K Tel, I was going to say on K Tel <laughs> Records. K Tel Records. Anyway, for the record, uh, yes. this is available on Breakers, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Google Podcast, Anchor, and Spotify. And um, we're out of here from me. Good night. Good night from Big C as well. Not off. Not off. All right. Thank you.